the college football experience, Duke blue devils, 2023 season preview episode on the sports gambling podcast network. It's brought to you by bird dog shorts, dominate the summer with an amazing pair of shorts and a free Yeti style tumbler. When you order over at birddogs.com slash pool, that's birddogs.com slash pool. This is Jim Mora and you're listening to SGPN. Let her ride. Experience Duke Blue Devils 2023 season preview episode. Oh, I'm excited to talk about the Duke Blue Devils. I'm excited for the ACC with without the Coastal or the Atlantic. It's gonna be they're all one now. And uh, look, uh, perhaps you're wondering uh, who the hell you're listening to. Well, my name is Colby Swinging Dan Dubay's Dan, aka Pick Don D. That's not a pick. This is a pick. He was raised in the land down under where a man thinks on his feet, speaks with his fists, and lives by his wits. When Dundee happened, he was a superstar. I'm probably drinking too much and celebrating too much and not sleeping. Would have killed a normal man, but now that's gone. The medical advice I got from that was... It's like being hit by lightning. Pretend it never happened and get on with your life. Yes. Look, this is a proud program. I'm excited to talk uh, Duke Blue Devils, who, in my mind, uh, you know, proud program, three time national champion. Yes. Back two of those might have been in the 1800s, but one was in 1920. Undefeated seasons. You got to own them. Uh, Mike Elko. Can he get Duke back to this? Was a, a a big time program back in the day. All right, know your history. Know your history. Way back in the day, Mad Dog Curtis played for the Blue Devils. Sonny Jurgensen. All right, go far enough back. You probably the youth probably has no idea who those guys are. We'll go research them. All right, Duke's a quarterback factory. Ben Bennett, Anthony Dillwig, Dave Brown, Daniel Jones, Thaddeus Lewis. Spence Fisher. Go on and on and on, and, and they might have another one. I am joined by my co host. Give it up for Duke Blue Devil fan himself. Lifelong Duke Blue Devil fan. I remember him as a child. Uh, you know, I was trying to watch college football, and he'd come. He'd come in and say, I'm trying to watch this Fred Goldsmith, Robert Baldwin, Spence Fisher, Duke <laughs> team. Get the hell out of the way. Uh, give it up for the rooftop IPA drinking, home brew making, tobacco road living, the free lack giving, farmer, farmer, her the basketball league MVP. Give it up for NC Nick in the place to be. There we go. What's going on, man? What's going on is uh, Duke football is recruiting really well right now. And Mike Elko year one folks, you might think, okay, it's Duke. They went nine and four, but those four losses were by a combined 16 points. They were three scores away from being undefeated. Essentially. 
if you look at it like that. But I, I mean, you go back and look at those losses a season ago, considering how bad they that the situation was. You know, David Cutcliffe did good, did a good job at Duke, but the final couple of years really bad and. When you look and say, okay, eight point loss at Kansas, it's a one score game, three point loss in overtime to Georgia Tech. That's a bad loss, but for year one, you know, you were right there. And then should have beat North Carolina, lost Don't by three. Up. Yeah. Don't bring it up. It still stings. And then a two point loss to Pitt that was a two point conversion. So, I mean, very, very close bowl win uh, against UCF in, in, in the, the bowl game. Um, I mean, I am really uh, buying into Mike Elko. He was an assistant with Dave Clawson for 12 years. 12 years with Dave Clawson. Then he coached with Brian Kelly and then Jimbo Fisher. Um, you're a Duke fan. Year one. I mean, the, what the win total was like three last year. Yeah, three, three and a half. You know, so a couple of things. First off, you forgot Sean Renfrey, another uh, Duke quarterback. Spent some time on the Falcons. Oh you yeah, remember him from about a decade ago or so. I do. Don't discredit Sean Renfrey. Uh, but no, I mean, Duke football had gotten pretty bad. Look, coach Cutcliffe really resurrected this program from the, the complete depths of college football where Duke had, you know, winless seasons. So we all, all the Duke fans, we love coach Cutcliffe, but it was apparent that the game had passed him by and it, that we needed to make a change. And I was telling you guys this first, because the last three years under Cutcliffe in ACC play. That's 2019 to through through 2021. Duke was four and 22. Uh, they had some really ugly losses, like uh, 49 to six to a losing Syracuse team in 2019. Uh, 48 nothing against some, an average Miami team in 2020. And then things got so bad in 2021. They lost the last six games of the year, all to ACC opponents, obviously by an average score of 50 to 14. I mean, really making the ACC look like the SEC West or the the NFC East of the '80s or something. You know. <laughs> now, now, but that that's what why it's so great that he, you know that's why last year was such a great coaching job. And me and you both said on the same preview last year, we both loved the hire of Mike Elko because he had that Wake Forest defense, like like ranked nationally in like the thirties or forties, yeah, you know, which is unheard of for a small school like wake force. Who's more of a finesse offensive team. And then he did the same thing at Texas A&M and Duke needed a defensive minded head coach because you know, their offense was always solid under Cutcliffe, but their defense, I mean, really, really fell off towards the end of his tenure. With that said, me and you did not expect eight regular season wins, nine total wins beating and, and UCF. no blowouts. Well, Every yeah. game was a one score. Every loss was a one score game. Sure. So they were in every single game on the schedule. Now I know they didn't play Clemson and they didn't play, you know, uh, State. yeah. So, but, but it doesn't matter, but that it doesn't matter to me. They were so bad. That is an unbelievable first year. And I, I hope Duke, you know, and I, I know college sports is in this interesting era where, you know, there's talk of the ACC's destruction every day and, you know, uh, the conference re realignment exaggerated, but also like there is something to this where TV execs are in charge. And I'm glad to see, I know Duke's re recruiting really well right now. Top 20, top, I top think 20 class in the country right now. Obviously there's still a lot of recruiting left for the 24 rankings, but I mean, this is highest that they've never been this high before. They need to go all in on football. Look, we know Duke's a basketball school. They'll always be a basketball school, but sure. 
but they need to go all in at football and make themselves. Cause I get it. You know, like Duke basketball is going to be able to sell itself. But if you, you know, we're at this pivotal point and it's not just Duke. I feel like all these schools where the, you know, if you're not going all in on football, you, you're going to, you could get left behind. So and if, if you're Duke, if you can combine your, your blue b- blood basketball program with, you know, like a solid or a pretty good football program, like, I mean, Duke's not going to become, uh, you know, a, a, a playoff contender every year or anything, but if they can get to a status where they're a winning program, consistently cranking out eight, nine, you know, 10 win seasons, then obviously that makes the whole university so much more attractive to all those TV execs who now are in charge. Yes. And to me, to me, they could be like, you look at Duke Dukes, I get it. They're a private school. Their enrollment's not, you know, something gigantic, but tiny. they got money. All right. And, and D- Duke alums uh, got money. So in, in the NIL era, I think, you know, they could be very good. So if you're a Duke alum, if you're a Duke fan, I want to see you guys go all in on football. It seems like you got the right guy. It seems like things are going in that direction for sure. Let's go. What do they say? at field of dreams, go the distance. All right, look, <laughs> we are going to go the distance and talk about the offense, the defense, the special teams, the transfer portal, the 2023 schedule. But before we do all that, I want to tell you that the college football experience, Duke blue devils, 2023 season preview episode. It's brought to you by bird dogs. Bird dogs make you look good. All right. Bird dogs are stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. You put on some bird dogs. You're going to look like Leitner in 91 buddy. All right. Uh, so they fit way better than regular shorts. You know, regular shorts are made of that stiff restricting cotton. How many hikes you've been on where you've been complaining. I'm sick of this stiff restricting cotton. I've I've done it. All right. Uh, Bird dogs fixed this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric. Looks just like khakis, but stretches. So you get a way slimmer fit without you having to sacrifice all that movement. Uh, Bird dogs also uses anti stink sweat wicking fabric. All right. So maybe you're going to Wallace Wade and you're sitting out there tailgating and you haven't had a chance. You know, you get done catching the three 30 game. Yeah, you know, you've been out in the, you were tailgating and then you just been out in the sun sweating, smelling like God knows what, you know what I mean? And uh, you forgot you got, uh, you got a dinner with uh, some hot date. Don't have time to shower. You show up with your bird dogs on. They got you covered because they got anti stink sweat wicking fabric. It's gonna, it's gonna keep you cool. Gonna keep you dry. And also Make sure you don't smell like the old Tijuana river. All right. So uh, check it out, folks. Go to birddogs.com slash pool. Enter the promo code pool P O O L for a free Yeti style tumbler. Yes. Uh, that's birddogs.com slash pool for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We can promise you that. All right. We are back on the Duke blue devils, 2023 season preview episode. I'm really excited uh, for this, this year. Um, and you know, we don't have the, uh, the coastal in the Atlantic anymore. That's going to be compelling. I think if you're a Duke fan though, you're saying, man, I wish I had one more year of that. Right. <laughs> let's look, let's just look at this year's schedule, which I know we'll go game by game, but this year's schedule compared to last year's schedule this year's schedule is a whole lot harder. So we don't have the luxury of being in the coastal, getting all those, 
mediocre teams. We're getting uh, you know, the hardest part of the, or the best teams from the Atlantic this year. So if you're a Duke fan, maybe you kind of miss the Coastal. But overall, I think it's a good thing for the uh, league. So, yeah. uh, and you know what? We're not running from anybody. We're not afraid that our, our schedule's a bit tougher this year. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Well, look, in the portal, we grade the portal. And, you know, f- when we started doing this show five, six years ago, it was, uh, <laughs> there was like six guys. Now, you know, like per team, there'd be like three, four. You know, now with the exception of our Army, Air Force, and uh, and Navy, I mean, the portal's portal's pretty large. Sometimes when you get to the private schools like Stanford and Duke and Northwestern, it's not as big. Yeah. But here's what we got going: uh, they lost offensive lineman uh, Dustin Hall to the East Carolina Pirates. Wait, wait. I don't know if I can trust this because Scotty Montgomery, Thomas Sirk <laughs> didn't really work out. This might be a, this might be another mole. Well, um, a lot of people go to Duke for academics nobody goes to ECU for academics, but uh, hall was a reserve. So, uh, you know, good, you go to ECU for street smarts. All right. <laughs> all right. Uh, you, you know how to handle a Jaeger bomb. All right. Uh, there's education in that. That's, that's um, true. Uh, they also lost offensive lineman Michael Purcell to the Maryland Terrapins. Disgusting. The old rivals, the old yeah. ACC rivals. You lost wide receiver Eric Weatherly to Bucknell. Bucknell needs offense. I watched a few Bucknell games. Whew. Uh, offensive lineman Dan Volp is in the portal. Uh, never landed at a spot, so who knows what happens here. Defensive end Caleb Op- Open is in the portal, never landed. Defensive lineman Ahmad Craig in the portal never landed, but defensive lineman Christian Rory landed at Texas State in the Sun Belt. Offensive lineman Eli- Elijah Wooten is in the portal, didn't land anywhere. Offensive tackle Ron Carr headed to the FCS at Illinois State. Defensive end Trey Brown didn't land anywhere. Offensive lineman Addison Penn didn't land anywhere. Linebacker Syed Stevens did land at Old Dominion. Uh, tight end Matt Smith went to UMass. Don Brown. Cornerback Troy Davis in the portal still didn't land anywhere. Wide receiver Daryl Harding to the Buffalo Bulls. He might even start for the Bulls. And I think the big one here, linebacker Rocky Shelton to the Miami Hurricanes. Um, a lot. It's it, you know just going through that. It seemed like Elko. You know, year one he comes in. It seemed like he kind of kind of cleaned up the whole line of scrimmage there. Yeah, like, for sure. Like, hey, we weren't cutting it. Let's, you know, some of these guys got to go. It seems like, I mean, I don't know if they were cut or what, but uh, you know, they, they haven't found homes. A lot of those guys haven't found homes yet. Now it doesn't and mean they these won't. guys didn't start last year. And they were out of all those guys, hardly any of them were really contributed. Uh, the linebacker you mentioned, that Sh- go, Rocky let's go Shelton, to Miami. Yeah, yeah. He had, I think like 10 tackles on the year, but I think he was hurt for some of it. So yeah, I mean, I think his depth can be missed, especially that's one of their weaker spots as linebacker. But all those guys you mentioned, they really didn't contribute much at all last year. So as far as the people they lost, not too bad at all. Yeah. So then the incoming transfers, you know, uh, offensive lineman Ben Hoytink from Penn, the Quakers. Uh, you can find some diamonds in the rough from the FCS. I know, you know, you mm-hmm. you, you just say, hey, that's a guy from Penn. If you look at Florida State, they, part of their big turnaround season, their arguably their best defensive player was Jared Verse, who was a, a FCS transfer from Albany. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Offensive tackle Jake Hornerbrook. This guy started like over twenty three games at uh, Stanford. This is a great get. 
this is a Huge great hit. get for for uh, this this team. Also, cornerback cor- or cornerback Al Blades from Miami, who also has started a ton of games, and he's a Blades. Brian Blades, Benny Blades, Al Blades Senior. We remember watching all those guys. This is a huge get, and I think that's getting the secondary right. I think is a point of emphasis for for Elko coming into this year. He also gets cornerback Miles Jones from Texas A and M, who Elko coached while he was at Texas A and M. And that's you could no- argue you could maybe that? argue that those two guys maybe be even more important than Hornerbrook because Duke's offensive line returned a lot. It wasn't necessarily an area of need. I mean, I love the get with Hornerbrook. Don't get me wrong. But secondary was an area of need, and I think Blades and Jones should be able to step in pretty nicely day one. And I think Blades is definitely going to start. Jones is probably going to be their nickel cornerback, I, w- I would think, but I think he's going to be on the field a lot as well. So I love those two pickups. Well, another thing is, you know, what's crazy is AM from a recruiting standpoint got so Elko was at AM two years ago. Their defense got more talented according to the recruiting rankings. But their defense got worse without Mike Elko there. For sure. So uh, just to show how good of a coach he is, they also brought in an offensive tackle, Scott Elliott from Harvard. Uh, so getting a couple Ivy League offensive linemen, <laughs> also offensive lineman Jacob Long from Angelo State, going deep, going deep on the trails there. Uh, and that's what they did in the portal. I, I still think they won the portal because I got Hornerbrook, Blades, and Jones as guys that are going to be on the field pretty pretty often. Right. And. I think they won the transfer portal. You? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, you know, Duke has 18 re- returning starters this year, which means I don't think they lost any starters from last year to the portal, and they're bringing in a couple guys that will either start or get major minutes. So I think you chalk it up as a W for Elko. Yeah, and I think the big thing here, and we'll talk about it offensively. Kevin Johns back at offense coordinator came over from Memphis the year prior. Thirty uh, first in scoring offense a season ago, thirty ninth in rush offense, sixty seventh in pass offense, forty third in total offense, and star quarterback Riley Leonard is back for his junior season. Now this is a guy who was I I, I saw Elko talk about this. He was tampered with, you know, SEC teams, Big Ten teams saying, "Hey, we're going to offer you more money. Come play here. You're damn good." And he stays at Duke. Elko basically said, "Like, hey, we're building something here. You can leave, but you know, we, you know, uh, we think your value is best here." And uh, I, I agree. I, I think you know, Duke's got a great amount of quarterbacks that have gone pro. Most recently, Daniel Jones, and I, I think they got something going. I'm glad to see him stay, and I think he made the right decision. How about how about you, NC Nick? For sure, you know. So he played a little bit as a freshman, uh, but really kind of came out of nowhere last year in his sophomore year. His first year, you know, as a, the the main starter, starting every game, and uh, what he, he completed 64 percent of his passes, uh, threw for about 3,000 yards, uh, 20 touchdowns to six interceptions, and he ran for almost 700 yards and 13 touchdowns. So he was careful with the ball. He offered you, a, you know, dual threat capabilities, and he's only going to get better. I've seen some lists that have him like a top three or top five NFL draft prospect for next yeah. year. So not only is he a legit college quarterback, but you know he has you know pro aspirations as well. So I think getting him back is is huge. You know, he's I think he is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the country. That's so huge that he goes back. Also, Jordan Waters is back. Their top three rushers are back from a year ago. Uh, it, it Jordan Waters and uh, Jacquez Moore, and also Jalen Coleman. Uh, their top three wideouts. Actually, you could make a case their top four wideouts are back. Uh, Jalen Calhoun, Jordan Moore, uh, Samir uh, Hagens, and Eli Park Cole all back. Their tight end back 
how do you pronounce the tight end's name? Nikki Dal Dalmolin. Uh, Dalmolin. Yeah. yeah and Dal- you also it's Eli Pan Cole. Um, what did but, I say? Uh, I think he said Park Cole or something. Yeah. No worries, yeah. man. Yeah. But um, I really at receiver Calhoun and Moore. Those are both you know all ACC caliber players. Uh, Jordan Moore is actually he was a former quarterback, and that is, that's who Riley Leonard beat out last year. And so they moved him over to receiver. All he did was catch you know, 60 balls for 650 yards. He's more of the possession guy. while Calhoun is more of a big play threat. Uh, but yeah, I mean, not only so, I mean, and going to running back here, it's a committee approach. All three of those guys are solid. I don't think any one of them is like a Mateo Durant who they had a couple of years ago, who was really good, but they're, they're solid. And then the receiving group, I think is probably one of the best in the ACC now. So offensive all, skill position wise, I mean, they return pretty much everybody. Yeah, uh, I mean, returning 18 starters as a team in general. Offensive line, though, Hornerbrick penciled in as a starter, the Stanford transfer. Um, they return uh, their center, Jacob Monk. Also, uh, left guard, Maurice McIntyre. And uh, left tackle, uh, Graham Barton. So, in a way, you could say four or five have starting experience. The only inexperienced uh, guy here would be uh, right, right guard, Justin Pickett. Who's penciled in to be the starter at the moment? Um, I I like everything I'm, I'm reading here. Yeah, I, exactly. I, I, Elko likes this offensive line. Uh, they were solid a year ago uh, with, with all that talent. Now having a little bit more experience and you know the benefit of blocking for a, a dual threat quarterback. Uh, I think this is what you want here. I mean, you want as an offense look. You want a lot of offensive linemen returning. You want your quarterback returning, and you want your OC especially when you have a defensive minded head coach in Elko. So I think, I mean, things are just going to be business like usual as an offense that was good last year should be even better. Yeah. And you look at what they did defensively a season ago, 31st in scoring defense, 26th in rush defense, but 104th in pass defense. And that's why I think it's so big getting, you know, the right guys uh, another year in the system knowing what Elko wants, but bringing in those transfers from a and M and Miami in the defensive backfield, 104th in pass defense. You know, he's not happy with that 67th in total defense. Look a year, two years ago. So Cutcliffe's final year, they were averaging 39 points a game. The defense was giving up 39 and change. And last year, last year, 22.1 points per game. Mike Elko is going to continue to improve that. I believe now the the defense coordinator, uh, Rob Smith's gone, but Guess who Elko goes out and gets Tyler Santucci, who uh, was with him at all his previous stops at AM and at Notre Dame, and I think even Wake. So uh, that they're in they're in stride there. I feel like that's going to be fine. And the entire yeah. what's that? Yeah, I, so I was going to say you know last year they they had to replace their entire secondary. So I think coming into the year, you, you know Elko knew that he could only do so much with. With the the, the DBs that he had, and, and that's why their past events was awful. But I think this year, not only are they more experienced, you got talent coming in from the portal. But I think you're just about to get at it. Their defensive line, they return everybody, so a strong defensive line can can greatly help. Uh, kind of a questionable secondary. Yeah, their entire defensive line is back. Vincent Anthony Jr., R.J. Oban, Jamoin Franklin, and Dwayne Carter all back. One of two back in the linebacking core, led by Dorian Mossy. Um, two of five in the secondary, both safeties are back. Jalen Stinson and Brandon Johnson. Uh, but once again, I don't even know that those guys will be, I, I know Stinson will be starting. 
but bringing in some of your own guys, I think it makes it very interesting to see, uh, you know, uh, what they'll do there. I know Chandler rivers is another guy they're excited about. Um, I I'm just excited about this team though, man. I think the secondary can't get much worse. 104th in pass defense in year two. They're going to understand what he wants more out of that and uh, bringing in the transfers. I expect them to just be a better, a better secondary and a better defense. So, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, one, I think you have to point out that Shaka Hayward, probably their best defensive player last year, the linebacker he's gone. He graduated. He will be missed. Linebacker is a concern, uh, you know, depth there. And then who's going to fill Hayward spot. But Overall, yeah, they return eight starters and they bring in a couple big guys from the portal. So I think the defense, it's not, I mean, the offense is going to be the star of this team, but Elko is a, is just a great defensive mind and he's proven that wherever he's gone. So I think the defense will improve over last year, which is why I'm, I'm, I'm high on Duke, even if their schedules a lot harder. Yeah. And they bring back kicker and punter. They actually have two capable kickers at Todd Polino and Charlie ham and then Porter Wilson. That guy sounds like a Duke guy. Uh, Our no. guy uh, Phil Steele has Duke as the top special teams unit in the ACC. Yeah, wow, that and that is a result of good coaching. It's funny, uh, uh, you know, that's one thing Jerry Kill always preaches is that that's how you know you can steal so many games on special teams if your special teams is good, whether it's tackling on a kickoff, whether it's returning a kickoff, whether it's blocking a punt or whether it's kicking a field goal and just being consistent at kicking a field goal or, or good at punting. For sure. um, uh, that's how you can steal so many games. And it seems like uh, that was somewhat what he did a season ago. Uh, look, we're going to talk the win total here. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash the college experience. Um, but before we do that, I do gotta, uh, you know, gotta tell you that, uh, the Duke 2023 season previews brought to you by underdog fantasy. Yes. Underdog fantasy is here and they're giving away $15 million in prizes. Yes. Underdog pickups also a great way to get down on your favorite MLB play, uh, player props. Uh, they also, when college football season comes around, they have great player props for college football as well. You'll hear me talking about them on these very airwaves. There's so many ways to win on an underdog and active in so, so many different States head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use that promo code SGPN for hundred percent deposit bonus up to hundred dollars. That's underdogfantasy.com promo code S G P N. All right. We are back on the college football experience. And uh, you know, if you are watching on YouTube, you see this sweet graphic here. Shout out to cam Kerr. Uh, he knows about Mike Elko. He is an A and M graduate. So the best years recently were with Mike. Probably Elko. misses them. Yeah, definitely <laughs> misses them. I would say. And uh, look, you see the win total at six and a half. Now this is a team that won nine games. They almost won twelve and zero. Sixteen points away from going twelve and zero. To it's, be fair, they won eight regular season games, which that don't. That's the only thing that matters as far as the win total. Uh, but go ahead, finish your thought. But still, I mean, they were in every game, and you would think year two they're going to know the system better. Sure. Uh, fr- from an offensive standpoint and a defensive standpoint, but at the same time, I think it is fair to say the schedule is much, much more difficult because you look I at like the, the challenge though. I mean, and, and we'll start with the first game here in a second, but I like the challenge because you have a couple of the, probably the two of the top 10 best programs over the last decade coming to your house in Durham. So really this is, is a great challenge th- this, this schedule, but Duke is already ahead of schedule. So even if they match the win total of last year, or even if they don't quite get to it, I think a lot of these games are going to help put Duke football on the map and hopefully they can at least be competitive in their toughest games. You know, if not, maybe pull an upset or two. 
Oh yes. I mean, look, this is now the non-con you get Northwestern, but you also get that Notre Dame thing. So you're getting like 10 power fives. And then, uh, so the schedule definitely much harder in that regard. Uh, so let's get to it because labor day, labor day, Monday, September 4th, standalone game. The only game on that day recruit this game. Look, if you told me you had to have Clemson on the schedule, I think you want them week one because Garrett Riley is the new offensive coordinator. Sure. Cade, Cade Klubnik doesn't have many starts. So if you, if you're going to get, if you're going to, I think you, you, you want them in early September. If you're going to play them, I mean, if sure. you're going to beat them, you, you, you want that game in early September. Now, having said that, obviously Clemson goes out and does get Garrett Riley. I do expect that offense to be a lot better. We know they're Can't be much worse than it's been the last two or three years. <laughs> yeah. I'm super excited to watch this game. I was trying to go back and look up Mike Elko's history against the Riley, uh, Riley or the air raid. It's actually, it's kind of hard to, to tell. I mean, he, he did face leech yeah. uh, at, 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 uh, at, at Mississippi state, but you know, the, the Riley's kind of do a different style than leech. I mean, they use f- parts of leech's uh, air raid, yeah. but they, they're, they're a little bit different. So uh, that's exciting. I, I got to take Clemson, but I, I am so intrigued by this game. I, I think it's one that I wouldn't be shocked if they stole this one because I think you, you know, you're getting them so early. I hope Duke fans don't sell their tickets to the Clemson fans, make this a hard environment for this, this young quarterback with this brand new offensive coordinator. What are you doing here in this game on labor day and see Nick? I love the game, man. And, and, you know, I wish I could sit here and tell you that I think Duke's going to upset Clemson. You know, uh, unfortunately, one of the things that's holding back the Duke football program is the lack of a good home field environment. Uh, there's going to be a lot of orange in the stands. Uh, look, I, I'll try to be here for this game. I only live 15 miles away, you know, so there's no reason for me not to be there, but there's going to be a lot of orange in the stands. I want this to be a close competitive game. I want Duke to look the part, look competitive. I can't say they're going to win the game right now. I have to pick Clemson. Obviously Clemson is, is on a different stratosphere than Duke is in football. So I'm going to go Clemson, but I think if Duke is competitive, I think if people can see uh, you know, a fun offense and, uh, and a good defense, I think uh, you know, more eyes on Duke football is needed right now. And that's what this game offers. There you go. Uh, week two, the Lafayette leopards come to town. Lafayette's not very good. Um, that's a win. <laughs> that's a win. Yeah, I, I, I can. I, I think I can pretty safely and comfortably say that's a W. One and one. One and one. And then the Northwestern Wildcats and Pat Fitzgerald come into town. And look, this was a, a one-score game, but Duke kind of controlled the game. I remember watching this. I was in Vegas last year watching this game, but um, I think Duke. Should be favored in this one. Northwestern's always weird though, because normally after like some terrible seasons, they'll pop up and win like ten games. Sure. So maybe they're a lot better than what we think. But uh, I got Duke winning this one at Wallace Wade. What are you doing here? Well, Duke's won four in a row in the series, and you know three of those were was were Cutcliffe in, in, in a, a few of his last years, where he he couldn't beat hardly anybody, but he could still beat Northwestern. And uh, yeah, last year was close in Evanston, but it was also week two. So Duke was, you know, still getting used to a new system and a new coach and all that. So I think it's pretty much, I think it's pretty clear. Duke's the better team and they're at home this year. So yeah, give me a W two and one. And now I think this is a critical, critical game here. 
Jim Mora Jr., friend of the program. Hope you heard the introduction. Great guy. And uh they they were supposed to be awful last year, and he goes six and seven. In, including the his quarterback tearing his ACL in game one, his four star transfer. So it started just uh, two quarters. They went with the back quarter. Still went six and seven. I expect them to continue to improve. So I find this game sneaky, especially because it's right ahead of the Notre Dame game. It's up at UConn. Get twisted at the wrench. And uh, I, look, I'm going to take Duke, but I, I I could see an upset happening here. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's a it's a tough game. So not only does Duke have two power fives at a conference, uh, but they also their their G five game is on the road. Thankfully, the ACC and the Pac twelve seems like the only schools that will do this anymore. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe the Big Twelve a little bit also. Um, but I'm gonna give Duke the W. But no, I am concerned about this game because with so many big name programs on your schedule this year. You know, uh, a 19, 20 year old could think a trip to UConn might be easier than what it is. But no, that program is also on the rise. This is two programs on the rise. Great game on the hardwood, too. But um, I'm going to go Duke. But no, I am concerned about this game. This is, I, I bet you this is a field goal game, man. When you look yeah. at Duke, they lost to Georgia Tech last year. This is that one that could be the Georgia Tech game this year. And could they be looking ahead for the next week when Notre Dame comes to town? Certainly. And that's what a game that I find interesting. And I actually think this game is winnable. Everyone's super high on Notre Dame. Uh, I get it. They get Sam Hartman. I'm a little like, I like Sam Hartman. If you, if you've been listening to us for years, I had a great lineup in DFS for Sam Hartman won me a bunch of cash, but I, I do. I am a little concerned of life outside of the, the, the Dave Clawson offense. And Notre Dame is hasn't had these star wideouts. Uh, if anything, Wake has, and uh, I'm just very curious to see how that's going to work this year. I know that the line of scrimmage Notre Dame will be super sound, but I am a little bit concerned. Remember, Notre Dame lost to Stanford. They lost to Marshall a year ago, and another thing is Hartman came in thinking that he would have his OC Tyler or uh, not not uh, Tyler Buckner, but uh, oh, Reese. Yeah. Tommy Reese and he jumps to Alabama like a month or two after that. So you could have some dysfunction there. And I I think this is much more winnable than the Clemson game. I'm going to take Notre Dame, but I think, (laughs) I think I would not be surprised if they pulled the upset there. Yeah. So there's two home games in the stretch here. It's Notre Dame and NC state. There's also a buy in between those two games. I do have Duke winning one of these and losing one of them. It's it's you know two tough opponents, and again, it's not like the home field advantage is is a, you know uh, that much. It's not going to put Duke over the top really because there isn't a home field advantage. So I'll say they lose to Notre Dame and they beat NC State, but Duke could win both these games. Now yeah. you could also argue they could lose both of them. That's fair as well, which is why I'm going to split the difference. I have the loss to Notre Dame. And then beating the Wolfpack coming off that bye. I agree. I have them, you know, the bye after the bye week, they play NC State. I think they beat NC State. It's in it's in Durham. So uh we're both at four and two. Four and two. Now they got back to back away games at Doak Campbell Stadium in Tallahassee, Florida, and then at Louisville. Do you think they can go one and one in this stretch, Nick? That's a tough. I mean, I think I I think one we previewed this week where Duke plays Florida State. You 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 give you gave me like the history of Duke and Florida State, and it is an ugly history if you're a Blue Devils fan. It's a, a lot of lopsided games. 
And then, uh, so also one thing making the schedules tough is that there's two sets of back-to-backs. At Florida State, at Louisville is tough. I'm going to take the conservative approach and say they lose both these games, which evens their record to four and four. I agree. I agree. Four and four. Then on a Thursday night, the uh, November 2nd, they host wake forest. This game's awesome because you have the coaching angle, two good friends coach for, you know, together forever. Um, I think wake forest, everyone thinks they're going to just be terrible without Hartman. No, I think they're still a contender. And I think they're going to be fine. Yeah, they'll be uh, fine. But but Duke did beat Wake last year with Hartman, and they're going to do the same thing at home this year. Get back on the winning streak. Get back over five hundred, five and four. I'll join you on this one. Five and four. I think they can. I think they can. Uh, now they got another set of back-to-back away games at North Carolina. What do they call this? The Victory Bell, right? Don't they call it that? Uh, Keenan Memorial Stadium. The house that Lawrence Taylor built. Uh, what's uh, look? This game they should have won last year, man. They should have won it. And that's my main. I mean, I think both teams are probably uh, you know, about equal. But I think the deciding factor on who's going to win this year, I think, is Duke is going to be extremely hungry because they had every opportunity. Maybe a questionable whistle down the down the stretch of last year's game, and that's why I think they're going to walk into Chapel Hill and get the W. Mm, mm, mm. No, come on, come with me. You know you wanna. I can't. I got I got the Tar Heels winning this one, and uh, that moves them to five and five for me. The win total is at six and a half. I'm at six and four. Now, w- the game you want on the second half of a back to back is at Charlottesville to face UVA. I don't think we have to spend much time on this. Colby believes UVA might actually go winless this yes, year. Yes. They might pull a Duke from like 15 years ago. Uh, <laughs> Ted Roof era. Right. Yeah. So Duke has this W. I'm at uh what am I I'm at seven and four now. You're at six and five. Six and five and then they're home to Pitt. This is a game because Pitt but this is one would Pitt Pitt would lose. Like I on paper yeah. I'm like Pitt Pitt's the better team. But uh what? Well, they at home last year. Pitt needed a a, a two point conversion to win twenty eight twenty six. So if they're better, I, I know they've been better lately, of course, but I don't think they're that much better. And you know what? I think I think it's at home. I think by now this Duke team is is very experienced and they're firing on all cylinders. And they win the last four games of the season to match their record from a season ago, eight and four again. Give me the over. I am a Duke fan, so. I'll take the over and say they go seven and five because I, okay. I think it's more likely they go seven and five than six and six. But this is certainly not one that I feel great about. I mean, I think they could get upset by UConn, you know, and 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 we're giving them NC State and Wake. I think those are are tough, close games, rivalry games, and uh, even giving them the potential pit game. Yeah, I mean, if you look yeah. at it, you know, this ACC schedule is so much harder than Duke is used to. Every every you know seven of the eight ACC teams other than UVA could win the ACC, and if you look about you know usually they would get what two teams from the Atlantic. Yeah. This year they get every good team from the Atlantic. They get Clemson. They get Florida State. They get Louisville. They get NC State. They get Wake. They only dodge Boston College and Syracuse. You know, and which is what you want. (laughs) Yeah. And 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 they don't have Virginia Tech or Georgia Tech 
Yeah. From the coastal from, or from the or Miami. Coast. Miami sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so it's a much tougher conference schedule than Duke is used to, <laughs> but, um, and, and that's why, that's why you're seeing a six and a half win total, but I think they can still clear that mark because I am very excited about the trajectory of this program. So what do you, what do you think is a disappointing season? Not making a bowl. Do you, do you think six and six? No, is I think still, I think you're happy at six and six still. Yeah, I'd agree, but I, I think, I think seven is where you know. I, I, actually, I, I think matching last year's record would be fantastic. But it's so much harder of a schedule because yeah. the schedule's that much harder. Uh, I, I think six and six, you're in a bowl game, you're still happy. But yeah. five and seven, you say a ah, little setback. Four and eight, you're like, okay, well, we 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 got our work cut out first. But then the you future. wonder if last year was a flash in the pan. But especially yeah. with all the returning experience, you know, I, I think you you, you got to make a bowl game to keep. Yeah, to keep it going in the right direction. It's gonna be exciting. It's gonna be exciting. We're both on the over. I know he's a Duke fan. Look, before we get out of here, I got to. Uh, I had the opportunity to sit down with one Michael Barker to talk about his experiences to Old Wallace Wade Stadium. Which, by the way, Google Images thing. This thing looks really cool. This stadium looks really cool. So, uh, uh, you know, with no further ado, here's that interview of Michael talking about his days uh, down there at the you know Wallace Wade Stadium. Joining us on the Duke Blue Devils 2023 season preview episode uh, is one Michael Barker, aka College Football Campus Tour. You might know him as that. If not, you need to know him as that because on Twitter, I think he has the best page. Uh, look, Michael goes to like a thousand football games a year. All right. I, I shit you not, like five, six, seven games a week sometimes. Uh, and, he po- and he posts these awesome photos. He'll, you follow the Twitter page, uh, you, you know, he'll, you, it's educational too. You'll learn certain things about the stadium. Uh, so I highly recommend it. And Michael, thank you for hopping on to talk about uh, Wallace Wade stadium. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. The record for most games in a year is 81 in uh, 2021. So we uh, try to go big and, and, you know, one of those was at Wallace Wade stadium back in 2021. Wallace Wade stadium. I know it. This is a what? This is a very historical stadium, right? Like this has been around for quite some time, correct? Yeah, built in 1929, so we're creeping up on 100 years old. It's changed a lot. When it was first built, it was called uh, Duke Stadium, and in 1967, they named it after Wallace Wade, who was the coach at Duke. He also won a national championship at Alabama. It has 40,000 seat capacity. Uh, one interesting fact is that it hosted the 1942. Rose Bowl. Uh, they moved it from Pasadena during World War II. There was concerns that 90,000 people at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena would be a potential bombing target. And so they played it and, and Duke was also a participant in the game. They ended up losing 20 to 16 to uh, Oregon State, but that's the only Rose Bowl other than the one during COVID that got moved to uh, Texas that's been played ever outside of Pasadena. In 2014, there was a major renovation done. They used to have a track uh, they removed the track, they lowered the field and added 4,000 seats in the, in, to, to close the gap between the stands and the field. And they also uh, built a new press box, which is really impressive. So uh, historic stadium, and it's changed a lot recently in the last decade. Yeah. And I'm hoping they take football more serious because this, this I, I really believe with this stadium and the amount of money they spent, you know, the NIL collectives they could have going there. They could be a power. Mike Elko just won 10 games. I believe it was in his first season. They were like 17, 16, 17 points away from being undefeated, which is crazy. I know they're recruiting really well right now. 
this is a, a people don't realize Duke's got a long history of good football. Go back to like the the early you know years of college football. They were a very good program. Uh, Sonny Jurgensen used to be a quarterback there. Steve Spurrier used to coach there before he was with the Florida Gators and had had players getting drafted left and right. So if they throw their money into this program, I really believe that they will have something. And I think schools are kind of waking up to the fact that uh, football kind of moves the needle, even though I know Duke basketball is incredible. Uh, but uh, you know, as far as conference realignment and stuff, I think football kind of moves the needle. So hopefully we see that continue to develop. Hopefully, you know, I know my brother NC Nick's been to a few games and sometimes, you know, I think he went to an Alabama game where Alabama had uh, more fans than Duke. Hopefully uh, that, that, that changes. Uh, tell me about your experiences going to Wallace Wade, man. So I've been to one game at Wallace Wade. Uh, first of all, just going on campus at Duke is amazing. They got this giant uh, cathedral on campus. You can uh, tour. You can't get inside unless you know somebody, but you can go in the, the foyer, I'll call it, at, um, at Cameron Indoor. Uh, they used to have a track. The, the track team used to play in Wallace Wade. Now they have their own track stadium. They're perennial national championship uh, winners in lacrosse, so a lot to tour. Uh, I've been to one game, like I said, it was 2021, and and that was the year that I ended up uh, finishing out seeing a game at all 130 FBS stadiums. Now we have 133, but that was 128. It was a Thursday night game against Louisville, and it was one of the most impressive individual performances that I'd ever seen. It was unfortunately by the quarterback of Louisville, Malik Cunningham, 303 yards passing, 224 yards rushing, and seven combined touchdowns. Uh, they ended up winning 62 to 22 in a, in a big blowout. And so uh, I'm hoping I'm going back there. They're playing the opener against uh, Clemson on a Monday night. And you're talking about fans taking over the stadium. It's a good chance and opportunity for Duke fans to uh, pack the house against a national power and have the TV audience all to themselves and hopefully make a good impression for the 2023 season. Yeah. And that's on labor day. They need to get out there and do that. That would be fantastic. And man, Malik Cunningham, whoever played him at DFS that day, I think yeah. it's probably a millionaire um, because wow, what a performance, man. Yeah. I hope they do. I, 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 maybe, maybe I'll, I'll join you one of these times to, to Wallace Wade, because I've always wanted to go there. It looks cool, man. I was doing the Google images here. Never been to the stadium, but I've been to, I've been to Duke's campus and it just, it looks like a cool stadium. I hope they do their best you know, and throw their money behind this uh, program because I really believe they got something cool there. Uh, Michael, I appreciate you sharing these experiences. And and like I said, hopefully, uh, or one day I hope to see you at Wallace Wade stadium, man. Uh, I'll be there. And it, like you said, it's a great place to watch a game 40,000. So it's a, a good setting for them. And, and hopefully it'll be a, a big sellout crowd whenever we get there. There we go, folks. Everyone give them a follow on Twitter at CFP Campus Tour. And once again, you can watch this episode, youtube.com slash the college experience. But yes, his page is absolutely fantastic. You will learn stuff about college football. Like anyone that loves college football should be following. It's like a must follow. So do that at CFP Campus Tour. Michael Barker, thanks again, my friend. Absolutely. Thank you, Colby. Thank you. All right. That was Michael Barker talking about Wallace Wade. They hosted the Rose or the Rose Bowl, man. That's awesome. Got to get over there. Look, if you're in North Carolina, you got to stop by, check out the stadium, support good college football. All right. Uh, look, I'm on the over. NC Nick's on the over. Labor Day, I cannot wait to see that Clemson game. Let's do it.
Let's go. Uh, give us a follow, folks. Remember, we're breaking down all 133 college football teams solo podcast for each and every team in the land. We do it each and every year. We've been doing this shit for years. Give us a follow. The college football experience. Give us five stars on on, on iTunes if you can. Uh, we appreciate that. That helps us uh, keep going. And uh, yeah, subscribe to the college basketball experience because guess what? Me, NC Nick, Moneyline Mac, Patty C, Noah Beanick. When the college basketball season comes. We do. We we're here every single night. We talk college basketball year round over there, but every single night of the season we are here. So Duke Blue Devil fans, John Shire is the right man for the job. Got a great team this year. We're going to be talking all about it. So subscribe to the college basketball experience and the college baseball experience. Duke's got a good team there too. So uh, check out all that. Check out the FCS college football experience that I am also hosting as well. And we come together as one on YouTube, youtube.com slash the college experience, subscribe, tell a friend, check out the sports gambling podcast as well. Get the SGPN app. It's free to download in the app store and Google play store. You'll get access to our articles, our picks, all that good stuff. And don't forget about the discord. All right. If you're, if you're just a big sports junkie, you love Duke baseball, Duke basketball, Duke football, hop in the discord with us and talk about it. Cause we're in there talking about every sport out there in the world. Sports if you're gambling. a North Carolina fan listening to this to get some information on uh, your rival, don't join the discord <laughs> sports gambling podcast.com slash discord. We even welcome the rivals. All right. So get on over there. Check it out. All right. Until uh, look, I can't wait for labor day. But until the next episode, this is the college football experience, Duke Blue Devil style. You better start thinking about yours. And we out of here. Run and shoot. We can